Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber with Jim Cramer. We're live from the New York Stock Exchange. Carl's on assignment this morning. Let's give you a look at futures, of course. This uh, on the heels of what was a weaker than expected jobs number coming in about roughly 20,000 below at least uh, the widely shared uh, views of many of the so-called experts. (laughs) Moments from now, by the way, we're going to get reaction from the White House. National Economic Council Director Larry Kudlow will join us our former colleague, to talk through the numbers and a number of other subjects. A couple of things I'd love to get with, uh, get to him uh, on as well, uh, Jim. But let's get straight to that August jobs sure. report, Jim. Uh, you know, your thoughts uh, on the number overall. 130,000 jobs added. That was 20 or 30,000 less than expected, at least, given who you were listening to. Uh, private sector read added 96,000 jobs. Um, participation rate was up two-tenths to 63.2%. That, by the way, is the highest since 2013. Um, hours work rose 0.1%. That was somewhat expected. It's at 34.4. So overall, your reaction? Yeah, overall, it remains a market where if you want a job, you can get a job. Uh, and that's an amazing economy, 3.7%. we got to get used to that. What I'm really shocked at is, is that I, I hear people talking about what the tariffs would do, even the previous show. Look, um, when uh, Smoot-Hawley came in, you know, when we did real big tariffs, uh, before uh, President Roosevelt really tanked the economy or was a participant in the tanking economy along with the bank failures. Uh, this is not bad given the fact that uh, the president joined a lot in the sand versus the Chinese. Uh, I wouldn't expect it to be this strong. Now, of course, you could say, well, listen, wait a second, mining lost jobs. Well, no kidding. I mean, the country's going away from mining, even if the president favors coal. But uh, what I don't like to see, frankly, is a big spike in health care because that has been a tax on the system. But it's a good enough number for Powell to take action. Uh, it's a good enough number to be able to say that we're not going into recession. But let's not go into recession. And let's not make this the trend line, because the trend line's not as good, obviously, as last year. Right. Uh, to put it in perspective, again, we do like to give you sort of the monthly averages and what we've been hitting this, this year. So the last six-month average is 150,000 jobs added. Last 12 months, 173,000. Now, that does compare to 2018, which was stronger. 223,000 jobs uh, were added uh, on average each month from the year of 2018. Uh, also, you do have potentially some workers being hired for the census, I believe, as right. well, and the current, potentially in the current numbers. Um, bond market reacts by having prices go higher. Right. Look, I, I think that when I look at this, here are the, th- the things I think about. What do I cover? I cover the decline and fall of the mall. That's not, it's not showing in the numbers. I cover tariffs and manufacturing. Well, I mean, look, manufacturing is certainly not as strong. That's a big loss. But it shouldn't be. I mean, we're basically saying, listen, Chinese, uh, we don't want your stuff. And go ahead. Be free and say oh, you don't want our stuff. This is an economy driven by the Salesforce.coms. It's an economy driven by the workdays. Uh, those are companies that actually cause uh, the labor force to, uh, let's say, decline because they are labor-saving, and yet the people are still finding jobs, and they're not finding jobs at a much lower price. And I think that we have to go back. I mean, I know that this is... I want to depoliticize it for a second. When did we have these numbers last? We had them with President Johnson, okay? Now, President Johnson... Which was, numbers are you referring to? We had, we had significant, fairly significant job growth on oh, the no, Obama 3. administration. 7, 3. You're talking 9. about the, the yeah, unemployment which is a number rate. that people don't really yeah. focus on, and maybe we shouldn't, but... President Johnson, right before, it was both 
inflationary and recessionary is the last time we had this. Yep. We had way too much inflation, and we, and we had a recession the year later. And so I, to me, the worry is, it should it be, are we worried about inflation and we're worried about recession? I'm not worried about inflation if you're looking at, at the price increases that workers are making a little money. I know everyone's worried about recession. I'm not if the Fed cuts. Right. And you think they will. We'll get 25 basis points in it's two weeks, right? Yeah. The auto industry would save billions of dollars uh, on a rate cut. The banks would make billions of dollars on a rate cut. Because remember, HELOC, the... You know, secondary loans are based Well, the banks have not been performing well in part well, because, because of the, the decline in rates, interest rates. The, the short rates are too high versus the long. Right. And a lot of the short rates, that's what loans are priced off of. And I don't think people realize auto loans are priced off of that. The auto market, I had Carvana on last night. The auto market could be great. But it, it and remember, that's a big employer. So if you take this and you're President Johnson and you're saying, wow, I really like it. I'm going to throw more fuel in the fire because remember, he was guns and butter. We don't really have a guns and butter situation unless you want to say, wait a second, our deficit is ballooning, Chinese deficit ballooning. Uh, but I'm less worried about that than I am about continued job growth. And I think that Jay Powell has a lot to answer for yeah. because he took rates up way too high. And it was a mistake. Which you've yeah. said many times. Yeah, I said um, it on the last you, one. Listen, was, to be fair, you were saying it while it was happening. I, uh, you, you were know, saying I, it. It's almost, can you imagine it's almost a year ago since you I started know, I was really having this conversation? I was blasting the heck out. Where does the time go? I was Where blasting does the heck the out of Jay. Go? I know Jay, and he's a really I know. Guy. Well, apparently, uh, or well, Jerome. The president, the president doesn't seem to actually say he really knows him. He sort no. of refers to him. Where did I get this guy, Jerome? No. Well, you got him because you liked Fed his gray hair, apparently. Fed chair, you know. Another guy. You know, speaking of Johnson, you know that there was, when he took over, uh, you know, yeah, that first budget, that first budget in 64, do you know how big the United States budget was in 1964? What the battle was to do to keep it below? $100 billion. That's all it was? It was $99 billion. You imagine. Did you see the Linda Johnson play? I didn't, but I've read all the Carrow books. Yeah, okay, well, they're... Johnson is worth studying. Right now, he's worth studying because we we are at the same. Remember, everyone just keeps comparing when we were at these levels, when we were at these levels. That was a bad time in the country when we were at these levels. This is, I think, a better time because we are actually playing with one hand tied behind our back. Actually, because of the Chinese versus PAL. All right. Uh, take it back to the stock market for me in terms of what your expectations are with this number, with the moves in the bond market we've seen. Obviously, we were starting to see the 10-year creep up in yield until this morning's number. Um, everybody seen everybody. Most expect we're going to get 25 basis points right. from your friend Jay. Jay, yeah. Uh, so what does that mean for the stock market at this point? Okay, I think that this is really a, a, a great question because yesterday the highest growth tech which does well when the economy is slowing. We're the worst performers in the entire market. The best performers were the rails uh, and some of the retailers, and they do well when you get a little run. Macy's started, uh, started rallying. Right. So I, I think this number is, uh, as my friend Larry Kudlow would say, uh, a Goldilocks. It's a Goldilocks number. All right. So it's good for the market. Yeah, it is. Stock uh, market. Right. I mean, you know, does the, you know, I've got certain stocks that I follow as being emblematic of what does well. Mm-hmm. CrowdStrike, Okta, Zscaler, Palo Alto. Now, we're because still probably one presidential tweet on trade that's not particularly positive away from a decline, aren't we? 
Well, I think not that, that we're yeah. going to see it because yeah. it no, does feel like yes, there's momentum towards these potential to- or expected talks in October. Right, because the Chinese Although Commerce Ministry said that there's going to be some substantive talks right. in the next couple of weeks. So if you go against that tweet right now or say, listen, those, the, the tariffs are going up no matter what, I think that people would say, OK, I've got to go back to my model again. Mm-hmm. I mean, last night, Lululemon really emblematic of what's going on. They have 6% exposure to tariffs in this country, uh, but that's down substantially. Why? Because they knew that the president meant business against the Chinese. A lot of the other retailers and suppliers have not done that. Uh, If you haven't done it and the president tweets something harsh about China, then we got to take your numbers down again. And every time we take the numbers down, we do get a sell-off. Uh, let's move on to some other stories involving technology this morning. States are planning to launch separate antitrust investigations into Facebook and Google starting as early as next week. The Wall Street Journal reporting the Texas Attorney General will lead the effort examining the impact of Google on digital advertising markets. New York's Attorney General also will be running point this on the Facebook review, confirming it in a tweet this morning. I'm launching an investigation into Facebook to determine whether their actions endangered consumer data, reduce the quality of consumers' choices, or increase the price of advertising. The largest social media platform in the world must follow the law. That's Letitia James here in New York. I mean, one of the things that's happened is is that advertising's fallen from the floor. I mean... What do you mean? Well, it's much, much cheaper to advertise. If If you run a website... You don't make a lot of money on advertising unless you have something that's really inventive, like an Instagram or a search function. That has seemingly been the case since digital advertising came onto the scene. Right. I mean, how often have we talked about exchanging what are you gonna analog do? dollars for digital dimes but or nickels or pennies? Or you, you see Michael Rubin this morning, a Plymouth Whitemarsh graduate from uh, Philadelphia. He talked about the way he put all his money on uh, Instagram uh, alphabet. Why? Because he, he reaches people. Right. I mean, look, the millennials, David, are so busy cutting the cord. Now, there were, we had a good, we had, we had a football game on last night, and you saw, for instance, I saw, I was watching, this is really emblematic of our time. I'm looking, wow, that movie looks, I gotta see this movie, I gotta see this movie. It's got my guy from uh, yeah, Dunder Mifflin, and it's got the, you know, the guy from The Wire, and it's, and, uh, it's an Amazon movie. Advertise on NBC. That is right. Well, I, I've it's quoted you, Steve Burke, from the last conference call in terms of the incremental um, advertising revenues were largely a result of companies that are digital companies advertising on television. Right, and get um, used to it. If yeah. CBS loses the NFL contract... There's no, nobody's advertising for movies anymore, real movies. No, who goes to the movies? I don't know. People, you can have dinner now at movies. Yeah, but, no, I somebody guess. Somebody behind me spilled a be drink sort of, It's like an alcohol drink. Uh, I don't need that. I don't need a beer spilled on me, frankly. Right. I almost threw the tequila at the guy, but it's too precious. Uh, there is a belief, David... That the cheapest form of entertainment at home, thanks Zeb FEMA for this, who works with me, video games. That's what people are doing. I'd rather own Grand Theft Auto and be Strauss Zelnick than I would own, I don't know, half the shows that I see advertised. All right. All that said, do you think there's going to be an impact from the ever-increasing number of investigations, whether they be from state attorney generals, whether they be from the FTC, the Department of Justice, whether it be in the EU, of these enormous platforms, namely Google, Facebook, sometimes Amazon's thrown in there. I think it peaked. Now, let me just say this. You think it peaked? Yes. Why? Here's why. Instagram, Shopify, these are companies that have created a huge number of jobs. If you have 5,000 followers on Instagram, you got a business. I think it's time for the people who actually are making 
They're small, medium-sized. But remember, David, who's the backbone of this economy? <clears throat> Come on, give me the cliche. The consumer. Small business. Oh, yeah. the, if you're a small business, you are able to create a business. Etsy, Shopify, Instagram, Alphabet, Google. Very easily. So, I mean, what is in New York State With Attorney General? And by the way, you know, look, we got 50 state attorney generals. Can I suggest that they must have budget shortfalls? Because I really don't see the merit of these cases. I think Instagram, all those investigations, they peaked. They peaked. They peaked. Well, I think the ones you still have to keep a close eye out for, and it's early days, are the FTC and the DOJ, which have well, split FTC up the four rogue. major platforms. FTC's going rogue. They've gone it's rogue? It's going rogue. What does that mean? They're like, I mean, Obama could have wouldn't have the FTC be as powerful and as obstructionist. FERC, by the way, FERC is equally obstructionist. I mean, the president's got to bear down on these, uh, these agencies. These agencies are very uh, anti-regulation. They're pro-regulation. Well, meanwhile, the, the administration continues to roll back regulations in all sorts of areas and gets pushed back from the very businesses in some cases. The that auto, they're trying the auto to industry. Un- and not just auto, watch. also mercury emissions. Right. right. Uh, also the light bulbs, the oil inefficiencies. Right. The oil companies. Big energy uh, decline in this country use is right. the light bulbs. I, I speak to every oil guy. Why? Because I really like the oil and gas industry, much as you're going to have everybody Even the methane. Family. Even the methane rollback and got they don't some like, pushback. They don't like the methane yeah. because they feel that if a Democrat comes in, they're going to have to change everything. The coal guy. The, but also because of ESG. Well, you know what else? Because they like to breathe. They're, they don't want to be in the black lung, no rainbow coalition. All right. Up next, you got a mad dash. We're going to count you down to the opening bell, of course. It's been a strong week for stocks right here at the New York Stock Exchange and elsewhere. And, of course, we're going to be speaking with uh, Larry Kudlow on the heels of that August jobs report. Let's give you one more look at futures. We get started with trading here on a Friday in about 16 minutes. A lot more coming your way. Let's head to the bomb pits now. Check in with Rick Santelli, who joins us from the CME Group in Chicago. Good Friday morning, Rick. Yes, happy Friday, David. You know, let's start out with that jobs report. You know, I was only about 90,000 off to the upside. I thought jobs were on the light side, but that doesn't mean that's the entire report. One bright spot, 63.2 labor force participation. Let's show a chart. We've had several 63.2s, but they are the highest going all the way back to the fall of 2013, as you see on that chart. Intraday of two-year, you know, everything got hit right as the data came out. We are close to 157. You can see we backtracked. Here we sit now at 152, which means we're down one on the day. We're up one on the week. 30-year bonds might be the best place to pay attention to if you're looking for more upside than just a correction of the wild month of August. Look at a two-day chart flirting with right below and right above 209 on those high yields. Well, 209 was very significant. It was for years the all-time low closing yield of 30s. And if we can't get above that, uh, this is uh, the last couple of days. This bouncing yields may be temporary. You want to pay close attention to that level. One week of 10s really sums up the week. 
you know, 146, basically the cycle low close, and you could see how we've built from there. And even with some of the givebacks today, we're unchanged on the day uh, with respect to 10 years, they are still up six on the week, and we're up 10 from our lowest close on the cycle. Dollar index really was hit as well on this number as you can clearly see on the chart. But a redeeming factor there, take it back to May of 2017, because basically we're toying with levels recently that are the best levels since then, so 27 and a half months, 28 months. So here we are, we're down a tenth of a cent on the week. We're, as you see on that chart, still up at the crown of this very strong move. But 98 handle is key. We start to trade below there. Look at recent activity to come in selling dollars that are currently long. David, Jim, back to you. All right, time for us now to get to a mad dash, of course, uh, ahead of the opening bell. Lululemon is going to be a feature today. It's always good to talk a little stocks. Uh, it's up about 5% here in the early going. It's up uh, more than 60% this year. Now, let me just explain that this is what I call a clinic. For people who want to be in retail, for people who want to understand why a stock goes up, this is one of the best conference calls, well orchestrated by Calvin McDonald. This is about how you change the face of retail. You have to make it exciting. They just opened this Lincoln Park, Illinois uh, building, which is basically a place. It's a, it's a temple to wellness. And these people are positioning themselves as the wellness clothing company. If you do that, you're at being able to charge a lot of money. Yeah. And I think that this is a remarkable company. China, they cited it up, particular growth, very strong. 6%, as I mentioned, is their exposure on tariffs for the United States. Uh, they have, David, what I regard as the clearest, longest growth path of any retailer I follow, meaning it's not done. You don't and think it's, it's a buy. Done. No, it's not. Are you living the sweat life yourself, Jim? I spent a fortune uh, on presents at Lululemon, because everybody I've ever bought it for is most appreciated. It's incredible. It's just a great story. And they, they talk about sweat. Uh, they talk about stink. They're right in your face about what people have to worry about when they work out. And they are mindful, and they do have mindfulness rooms, not unlike Mark Benioff at Salesforce. This has got the zeitgeist. So I think people have to recognize, you want to be experiential? Lulu is experiential. All right. We'll be keeping a close eye on shares of Lulu. As you can see, they are going to be up. We're going to get an opening bell, though, about uh, 10 minutes from now as well. And the market itself has been looking up. Don't forget Larry Kudlow. He'll be joining us as well soon after that open to talk about the jobs number and a number of other things. A lot more Squawk in the Street coming your way. All right. Looks like we're going to have a higher open for uh, stocks, broadly speaking. When we get that opening bell, uh, about seven or so minutes from now, we'll be talking a lot of stocks as well in a minute. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street. We're live from the financial capital world. We'll have an opening bell for you three and a half minutes from now which does give me enough time to uh, talk with my colleague here and ask that question I like to ask sometimes at moments like this, which is what is the key to this market? It's a reference to a conversation you and I had, God, it could almost years, be 20 years, years ago years soon ago. on well, Squawk Box. But well, it's, e- it's easy to say uh, Apple and Katie, you'll be saying good things. I'm not going to go there. Okay, but I'm gonna although we will talk, talk about that. Yeah, but what yeah. I'm going to do is talk about a company called Zoom Video. Zoom. Yeah, now this is one of the... Recent maybe, IPO. Yeah, other than... Beyond Meat, one of the great performers. Yep. 
Zoom reported a quarter uh, that was instantly the stock was down four bucks. Go through the conference call. They are winning, winning, winning this business. Now, Cisco is their opponent. Amy Chang, who is unbelievably good, is now tasked with taking back. Now, they already said the biggest share of video conferencing. But they start with the talk about HSBC, a client they won. What could be more far flung? Well, 3,500 offices. They are winning. And when I was at NVIDIA, they used Zoom. And I asked Jensen Young, uh, I asked Jensen Wong about it. He said, look, they're the best in show. So Zoom had a great quarter, and it's very interesting. Stock down initially, and now it's going higher, which is right, because it was a true blowout. Interesting. Oh, well, we blowout. watched Slack yesterday do a similar move. But uh, remember, it was down four, down, and then, down a bucket. And then it didn't finish down much. Bad. Right. But Zoom, uh, another recent Zoom IPO, really of course, great. that was a direct listing. Speaking of IPOs, yes. yesterday, obviously, we did a lot of reporting on WeWork or the WeWork company's yeah, plans great reporting to come public, which, by the way, it, it, even if they do follow their current plan, they're not going to hit the market for a while. You know, you've got uh, a number of holidays, Jewish holidays in late September, mid-October. We'll see when they get there, Jim. But some encouraged by the resistance of investors to even consider the valuation they originally were going with. Isn't that amazing? And saying, you know what, that's a good sign for the market. Well, I mean, I've used them. They're not necessarily even the lowest price. And there are many Me Too companies in there. I think people just think they own this. It's a monopoly. No. No, there are other players, and you can pair them off against these guys. These guys have a very fragile model, is my, my take. Now, I happen to like their spaces, but don't love them. Yeah. Uh, well, they've got a very charismatic CEO, so don't count them out, Adam Newman, of course. No, you don't want to uh, count them the out, company. and they do have some other people. By the way, there is a bench there. They have a very good bench. But the problem is, David, uh, the it's got a kind of Travis Kalanick, the interesting piece by Lance Kalanick about why I'm bad or whatever. It ain't fair. But I just don't think that, um, I don't want to count them out, David, but I sure don't want to, if I were an individual investor, I, I want to buy something lower than where it was. But, well, it's going to be perhaps a, a well below half of its last round of uh, significant financing. And then there's that soft bank question that we raised yesterday, of course, either will they come in again? Or are they at the point where they're like, no, guys, you can't go that low? What an important question. Maybe you know, because we're going to have to mark down our investment so significantly in the midst of marketing Vision Fund 2. Well, you hear the applause building here, of course, as we get an opening bell in 20 seconds. Uh, here at the big board, uh, you can see the real-time exchange, of course, back at our uh, headquarters as well. It's Ethan Allen. Yeah, we've seen a lot of food for Florida. He joined us earlier this week. I've got a new memoir. Wisdom Tree Investments are a big advertiser, or had been certainly, ETF, ETP, sponsor, asset manager. We never noticed that. That's important. Don't watch the ads. Say again? You know, you're supposed to, don't watch the ads. Just watch. Oh, Oh, don't watch the ads? No. Yeah, I love our ads. Church and State. Church and State, yeah, I know. Well, I still, I mean, come on, we have some amazing ads. Like some of those guys, that guy that with the tape, it'll tape anything, Phil anything. Phil Swift. Yeah, I mean, hey, and then Phil Swift. I know. One of those things where, like, did you, wow, that, I'm gonna go buy it because it's that, Phil Swift. Then that thing you stick up your nose oh, and it just, whoa, it. everything's David, clear. Stop it. David. All right, sorry. Let's By get the way, back to stock. David, one yeah. word. Yes, jellyfish. Jellyfish. What's that two words? No, that's not, yeah. Good question. Maybe it's uh, David, let's talk about Costco for a second. Okay, let's do that. It's so bizarre when you get 
like three pieces out of nowhere saying that Costco is the best retailer. Yes. Classic growth. After the stock has had a big run, what it says to me is people run out of ideas. <laughs> it does. I mean, where's the, where's the, what about Zoomies? They had a good quarter. I, I just am aghast that they just keep coming back. Yesterday, did you see the piece yesterday? Why you should buy Walmart some of the parts? Wait, is Doug McMillan going to break it up? <laughs> See, I, I, you know, maybe a state's attorney general will break up Amazon. Holy cow. Yeah, but some of the part is usually not worth doing unless there's a, some vague possibility of it occurring, and one would not think that's the case at Walmart. I mean, look, if Alphabet broke up right now, well, I don't know. I'd like pieces of all Yeah, I mean, that's another point on the whole antitrust concern. If you really came to the end of it and it went badly, so to speak, it could actually result in creation of value because they would separate out a number of the businesses that conceivably would get higher multiples on their own and or the ones that are investing would be treated differently. Fastagram? What, are they going to set up a new one like TVA? Instead of Instagram, they set up Fastagram and they make it so that Instagram's not a lot of charge. I mean, come on. If If it's valuable, Instagram is valuable. And how long do you, how much time do you spend looking at your feed before you go to bed? Uh, I'm not on Instagram. But, you know, Are you a known communist? I'm actually not on Facebook. I, no, I, I'm not a communist. I, I like the, the free dogist? market. Excuse me? Dogist. The who? Look at the dogist before you go to bed. I don't know what that means. It's a site. Is it about your dogs? It's just great pictures of dogs. I, I just pet my dog. I like saying hello to him, spending time with my dog. I don't need to look at pictures of other dogs. Um, let's talk about Apple. Yes, Katie um, Uberty strikes again. App Store growth tracking ahead in September quarter is the title of her piece. She didn't change her rating or anything like that, but she's a influential analyst. She's an influencer. And um, App Store net revenue growth accelerated to 25.8% year over year in August from 18.9% in July. Does it matter? It matters, sure, because there's, there's a lot of uh, the gross margins there are insane. There, you got it. There's I yours. have it. All Jeez, right. Come on, I have a lot of research here. The gross margins are insane. Uh, now, David, of course, we forgot to mention that the um, best times for Apple are, are behind them and that Tim Cook's never invented anything. As I look at my watch, my daughter texting right now from Vienna. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so I, I look at this piece and I say, geez, you know what? This is a uh, great bridge to 5G. We've been looking for bridges to 5G. And people are so fretting about China. Meanwhile, Apple just keeps going up and up. So I think that this is good uh, grist for those who are wondering why it's been going up and up. Katie been very, very right uh, for a very long time. Tremendous exhibit one, as if this is like Perry Mason, about App Store net uh, revenue growth accelerating. People should get this if they want to know why they should stay in Apple, not trade it. The stock's going to go higher. You believe it will? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Trade concerns be damned. Well, no, I just think that until I read about a boycott, which I have not seen. Uh, Doesn't appear that the Chinese have wanted to go to the nationalist sort of boycott level. No, it doesn't. No. Remember when they were against KFC? I mean, they're, remember the state run media, yes. as, as opposed to what? The free run media, the totalitarian country. But the state run media was. Uh, there is nothing doing else but state run media. On uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken not being the place you should get married at, which it was number one place. David, you looked at the uh, cannabis stocks. Uh, the cannabis stocks? Yeah. I, I keep an eye on them, but no, well, not I mean, in the last day. It's never been used with them. Value. Value? Value. Come on. Value? value? What, are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Why yes, would I mean? Why? I, Where's I the value? national TV here. Tell me where the... <laughs> tell me. International, I think, uh, International. I, I, Where's the value? Uh, Kronos? 
uh, Kronos has owned a lot of that's owned by Altria, right? Which of course is in a deal to potentially merge in a merger of equals where PMI is not paying a premium for it. Say again. I'd rather be in uh, Kronos than it would be in uh, Cubic Zirconium, also known as Jewel. Yes. Uh, But I do think that we've got a moment here when you look at Tilray, uh, when you look at, at Canopy. David, these stocks are now trading as if it's not going to be the wave of the future. And I think it is. And you think it is. I know. You've spent a lot of time on it. You've had so many guests on Mad Money. Erwin Simon making money. I don't know. I just don't want to write off that industry just as when people were really loving it. Uh, It's so hated now. I'm it's, just looking at it. Um, I did want to, you know, it's funny, you bring that up, and then it does remind me, of course, of the continued talks between Altria and Philip Morris International. Yeah, designed, it's not imminent, but designed to get a deal done between the two. There's a lot of pushback from shareholders. I'm sure you've seen some of this. Oh, yeah. It's particularly on, well, actually on both sides, but it's, we've got what it calls a negative spread. So at this point, there's a belief either the PMI is going to have to raise the bid in order to actually get Altria shareholders to vote in favor. What... What I'm hearing, though, at least from those behind sort of the talks to some extent is, well, maybe our shareholder base doesn't understand quite how bad things are and how much this market is changing and how quick the decline is or how much it's accelerating, which is why we need to do this. It's a hard case to make to your shareholder base, particularly when you're really not saying much as you're trying to get a deal done and deal with all the social issues and everything else of a merger of equals, although, frankly, it's more PMI buying them, but buying them for no premium. People feel it's cold. They feel it's coal. They also feel oil and gas is coal. I mean, these are declining industries. Millennials don't want to own these stocks. Jewel is their hopeful savior. I read the stories in Jewel. They're not as positive as Jewel makes right. and, and again, they have no control at Jewel. They just have a significant economic right. uh, 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 ownership stake I, at uh, I just think that it's incredible that you could have the biggest merger of the year, and no one is focused on it. People Except are not. Yeah, people are not talking about it a great deal. But it, I, well, I want to because yeah, it is by far. Well, the, it's the things. largest, one of the largest of all time. It's uh, and it has not gotten a good reception. But they're no. in a tough place right here. It leaked because they decided to cancel some conferences. Come on, guys. Yeah, it's I like think the oldest one in the book. Maybe they shouldn't have. Perhaps we wouldn't have found out about it. They would have had more time. They could have sprung it on us. Had their communication message kind of coming out of the box. They Instead, they're in a much more difficult but position. David, why is that? You know. They, they, they've got like, Howard Willard is a pretty good CEO. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. He's got the big stake in Kronos. Yes. I love that he did that because Kronos is such a well-run. But Lord Jones has spent a lot of money for that. They're smart. Uh, Gorenstein, by the way, is a business person. He's a business person, and a uh, young fellow uh, got the backing uh, of of uh, of Altria, and I think is the one to buy, frankly. Eleven um, bucks. Speaking Eleven of bucks. Eleven bucks. Spe- Eleven bucks. Of, on cannabis land again. Speaking of things that aren't being bought right now, uh, the banks are. Oh, well, I don't know if they're the worst performer. I'd have to check in with Bob or Bank Mike Santoli to tell me that. But you got JPM, Bank of America down over one percent this very morning. Big as you point out. Surprise. Morgan Stanley. Everything's down. There it well, is. JPM yeah. not down that bad. No, you know no. They, got a, they have a fortress balance sheet. Dude. Yes, I've heard that. Yeah, I, heard I that. think that. Yesterday, By the way, Jamie Dimon, right in there on this whole WeWork thing. He's like, he's going to get them to market. Nothing can stop Jamie. Well, I mean, Jamie's, um, he, let's say he's got the longevity going for him. Yeah, he does. Uh, by the way, he's David, a pretty good salesman, hearing, too. What are you hearing about what Solomon's doing at Goldman? We, we, crossed, we, really we talked crossed, about it yesterday. We crossed over it. So I did some more digging. Okay, tell me. Give me some more insight. You don't want to hear it. Uh, yes, I do. The Apple card. Bank in with the Apple card. 
You and that have Apple you, card. If you look at MasterCard, they're important. Okay, tell me, tell me, what about well, the no, Apple card? It is, it is the easiest sell in the world. We don't know if it's going to be used, all right? But uh, I got mine yesterday, and many people are getting theirs. If it's used, it's just money in the bank if the algorithms are right. And I think that the idea that Goldman, we, their expense structure is going to get better now that these people are leaving. I'm just saying uh, it, Goldman is the stock to buy in the group. Okay. All right. There, I said it. Okay. Um, All right. You know what, David? Let's get back to it. Yeah, let's get back to the today's jobs report, which I liked, of course. Joining us now with the first reaction from the White House, it's National Economic Council Director Larry Kudlow. First, Larry, before we uh, talk the number, how you been? What's going on? I'm doing great, Jimmy. Thank you very much. My, um, my brand new titanium hip replacement, which is three months old, has kicked in beautifully. I'm walking, I'm pirouetting, and I'm playing tennis again. And life is grand. Thank you. Oh, I am so glad. That's Allegheny Technologies if you want to play that day. We got a, we got a stock play on Cudlow's hat. There it is. Let's do that with Larry. Even mentioned Okay, let's get some of Allegheny. They got, the, they got a hammer lock on it. Okay, Larry, um, a number to me that says things are good, but that if rates were lower, things amazingly, considering the fight we're having with the Chinese, the good fight, could be even better. What do you think? Well, I reckon that's correct. Um, money markets and bond markets are expecting uh, monetary policy to lower the target rate, uh, certainly in September, probably October, too. But, Jimmy, I, I want to go back to these numbers because uh, I watched the coverage this morning among my dear friends and former colleagues. Look, 130,000 is a very solid number, but August is always a quirky month. Usually the print comes in too low for seasonal reasons, and then it's revised up. But here's a story. I want to break this with you and uh, David. Here's a story. The household survey, the household survey from which unemployment is derived and tends to be dominated by small businesses, the household survey was up by 590,000. Okay, 590,000. This is the third straight blowout month. The average is 373,000 for those two months. And one more, please. The civilian labor force increased by 571,000. This is also the third straight month. The average is 425,000. These are people, Jimmy, that last number, civilian labor force. They're coming out of the woodwork and they're coming back to work. So household survey of 590,000. It's an unbelievable blowout number. Civilian labor force picks up by uh, 571,000. All I want to say is America is working. America is working. And final point here at the intro, American workers are getting paid. Now, average hourly earnings, 12-month change is 3.2%. But in the last three months, average hourly earnings have picked up to 4%, 4.2% at an annual rate. And by the way, that's what the productivity numbers are showing. So look, this okay. actually was a blowout number. 
And uh, I want people to appreciate the magnitudes here because uh, you and I have been doing this a long time. I yes. have n- seldom seen these kinds of numbers. Almost 600,000 people in the household survey and uh, new entrants into the labor force. It's really quite remarkable. Let's go over, Larry, because, you know, I know companies. There's no one who knows top down better than you. Uh, I look at the companies I follow and they're not really hiring. I'm wondering if there isn't a new economy. And I I hope uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell's listening. A new economy being created by the Internet of people who are creating their own jobs, creating their own business, letting their dreams come true. I'm sorry to be so I don't mean to be ethereal or dramatic, but Larry, you know that it's not the it's the real small business that creates these jobs. And the small businesses have never been easier to create. With the Internet, how come no one's focused on technology as a job creator? Oh, well, they should, because you're absolutely right. Your analysis is absolutely right. And, and Jimmy, that's why, look, this non-farm payroll survey, the so-called establishment survey, will not pick that up. And that's why here this morning I want to emphasize the household survey, which picks up the smaller and brand new businesses at a much greater degree than the so-called, uh, you know, non-farm payrolls. I, 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 think, I think you're spot on. And by the way, speaking of technology, what we're seeing now is a pickup in productivity. The last two years, eight quarters, eight quarters of productivity gains, okay, 1.8%. That is a huge increase because if you went back into the earlier parts of this cycle, uh, it was zero. Productivity was zero. So 1.8. The growth of employment, the growth of employment is about 1.3%. So the economy's potential is now moving above 3% for the first time in probably 20 years plus. And at the heart of that is the technology story. Look, it's also the services story. You had a blowout, a blowout ISM services number. And I want to add to this, too. You know, President Trump is working hard to defend the American economy and to defend American workers. The race to technology advance, where the United States has a very big lead, is part and parcel of our discussions with China. We must not let the Chinese steal our technology. Unfortunately, there's some evidence down through the years that they don't value IP and they have forced uh, technology transfers. So this is all of the piece. Now, I hope we talk about the negotiations coming up because I think that's very important and very positive. But I'm just saying, what does America do best? What does America do best? We create, we invent, we innovate, and we produce. The heart of this is technological advance in every nook and cranny of the economy, whether it's autos, farming, manufacturing, Internet, 5G. We do this better than any other country. We have to maintain that lead and we have to make sure everybody plays fair in the world trading system. And if they don't play fair... We have to take right. actions yeah. to defend it. So you see what Understood, I'm saying? Understood, Larry. One no, leads we do. to the other to the other. Um, and I would add, you know, 
as you know, I like to report. I mean, the Chinese are moving very quickly when it comes to 5G. I'm sure you know that. I'm sure you get reports on it. They're being very aggressive. Let's 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 talk a bit about your expectations David, David, for the negotiations. Just, David, one yeah. one one parenthetical here. I got to tell you. I mean, I have met and we've had very important Oval Office meetings with the big telcos, with all of the chip makers, the Cisco's, the Qualcomm's, you name it. I know. We have right now in the United States a terrific lead in 5G. We are deploying in 100 cities. There's a narrative out there that we're losing to China, and it's simply not true. I want to emphasize I know we are that. deploying aggressively, simply but they, they have the ability through their sort of command economy to just go right at it. And I think they're being very aggressive, too. Larry, well, let me we'll let me get about, to your... We'll see about how yeah, command economies work versus how free economies work. We'll see about that. You and I are on the same page on that one. Um, right. Where are you in terms of your expectations for the upcoming negotiations. Do you have a timeline? Do you, are they going to be in October? Uh, are the two sides getting their agendas together with the hopes that there will be real progress made? All right. Well, these are important questions. Look, what I can tell you is this. Um, the phone call uh, night before last between Secretary Mnuchin and Ambassador Lighthizer and uh, Vice Premier Liu He went very well. That's important. They have decided now the deputies level... The deputies level uh, will continue in Washington later this month. And from that deputies level meeting will come an agenda and an outline so that the principals will meet in early October. I think this is terribly important. Uh, I know we've had additional tariffs. President Trump is a very tough negotiator, as I think we all know. But... The phone lines have been open during this period, and the negotiations are uh, proceeding. I've said many times we still expected them to come uh, over here in uh, late September. The principals will meet in early October. The deputies will meet in a couple of weeks. So I can't predict an outcome. I'm not here to do that. All I'm saying is the talks are continuing. You might say they're now going to heat up. When the Chinese team comes here, that's a very positive development. Okay. Always difficult to figure out what will happen after that. Nobody's expecting you're going to obviously reach some sort of agreement in the near term, Larry. Uh, You know, David, I don't want to predict. I I just I've learned in this game. I participated in many of these meetings. um, And, of course, we're all part of the uh, principal's trade team that meets with the president every week. I don't want to predict anything. I'm just saying it's a good thing that they're coming here uh, and uh, tempers are calmer now. We're engaged in very important discussions across the board, whether it's agriculture or IP or tech transfer or cloud or cyber hacking or trade barriers. You know, we'll see what happens. I mean, on this one, this is the first face-to-face meeting now. Uh, in several months. We would love to go back to where we were in May, where we were getting kind of close to an agreement, maybe 90% of the way. But I don't want to predict. I'm just saying I think it's very positive that we negotiate. And it may well be, it may well be that something positive comes out of that. Maybe not, but maybe so. President Trump himself continues to say, we will make a deal 
as long as it's a good deal for the United States workforce and the economy. And the president himself believes China wants to make a deal because they are not doing well. They are not doing well right now. And I think they're going to need some help and trade might improve their economy. But, 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 we will see. No forecast for me. The Kudlow axiom, better to talk than not to talk. Without a doubt. Larry, listen, this is a subject you and I can probably discuss as well in future interviews, but I wanted to at least get it out there because it's, it's in the news a lot today. It involves the relationship between your administration and business, which I know you're at the forefront of, talking to CEOs and the like. The administration has been very aggressive in rolling back environmental regulations, I think 84 of them by people's count. But in certain areas, particularly when it comes to the methane roll rollback in terms of the oil and gas industry, the rollback of mileage standards and air pollution from automobiles, and even the rollback in terms of mercury emissions from power plants, you've actually gotten pushback from the very businesses that you're trying to conceivably help. Uh, many auto manufacturers saying we're happy to go with California standards. A number of, of, the, uh, of the power plant companies saying, you know what, we've already spent the money on mercury. We're okay with it. And even methane, uh, BP, Shell saying we're okay in terms of dealing with the current uh, rules. Why don't you back off when you hear that from business? No. Look, this is a very important point. I'm glad you raised it. Um, the cafe fuel standards, which... Rules will be released uh, shortly, probably in the next few weeks. We have done what the car makers originally asked us to do, which is to lower the miles per gallon standards. That leads to safer cars, safer cars, and cheaper cars. Maybe $2,500 to $3,000 cheaper cars because, in our judgment... The prior administration's rulemaking here was excessive, was erroneous, and was not built on proper cost-benefit analysis. Now, we will have our discussions with the state of California. We want one standard for the whole country. Most car makers agree with us. By the way, federal statutes override state statutes. We'll Understood. See how what that did Mary Barra say? Did you meet with Mary Barra yesterday? What did she have to say? Uh, we did meet with Mary Barra. Mary yeah. Barra expressed to the president uh, her support for our reforms on cafe fuel standards. Yeah. Mary Barra is doing her best to uh, open up plants. I think it's possible uh, the president will go with her to a meeting and a discussion in Ohio. Uh, She did not sign that letter, General Motors. A lot of big car companies, uh, General Motors for one, Daimler-Benz for another, did not sign that letter. Only a few did. Look, the industry asked us to lower the regulatory barriers to safe and cheaper cars. Let me make one more point. You mentioned methane and so forth. Look. The United States has the cleanest air and the cleanest water of all the major industrial countries. You want to look at problems for clean air and water? Have a look at our friends in China. That's the issue there. Yeah, uh, nobody we, wants to go there. We have, we have reopened our energy industry. There's an executive order that the NEC and others participated in so that we will 
make permitting faster. We will open the doors we to know. pipelines, right. to various installations for LNG and so forth. So look where we are. And this goes right to the economy. Look where we are here. Okay. We have Larry, we're, we're getting the hard rap from we your pl- people, I'm afraid. Plentiful, plentiful and cheap energy to power America forward. I think that's Very a big true. plus. We're a natural resources right. powerhouse. But, Larry, we're going to have to wrap there. It's always great to see you, my friend. Thank and you. And thank you so much for coming on Squawk on this. My week. pleasure. Thanks, Larry. All right, uh, Jim, uh, kind of wrap things up for us. Obviously, you heard from Larry. We talked a bit about the, the jobs number itself. Um, he puts it in talks. Want to talk a lot oh, about good. the household I mean, survey. Larry is, is always, I mean, look, he was my partner for many years, and I took down notes on all this, the household survey and the job creation, the 571,000 number. I mean, these are important, and they're overlooked. And, you know, Larry, again, uh, was someone, I know that people would like to say, well, hold it, he got this one wrong. He got the, He is an economist. And he's gotten a lot right. And that is an important job creation figure that is overlooked. Uh, market's kind of given up a, a little bit of its gains here, not not speaking too much. We've got a mixed bag for the most part. Obviously, it's been a strong week. Yeah, well, look, I, I think that Fed chief speaks today, mm-hmm. Zurich. I think people are worried about that. And there are always going to be people who say, wait a second, the uh, Z-scalers of the world have run too fast. That's the new thing, the rotation out of the highest growth. Uh, I, and a lot of that is today because of CrowdStrike. I mean, there's always one that triggers this. Uh, and I stick by the Allegheny technology if you want to play the titanium hip of life. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's always good to know. You name a body part and Jim will give you a stock striker, for it. Striker, I can give you that. I'm about or a striker. That. Striker, striker. Yeah. Uh, what do you got on Mad Time? Uh, at home, it's been a tough, very tough stock there. Mm-hmm. And let's find out why. Okay. Uh, I do, by the way, I've been having a couple, you know, like I had Carvana last night. Boy, talk about disruption. Let's see what this at home has to say. Dave, it's been a great week. Um, and uh, I'm glad you made it back. Yeah. Found your way back here to the show. I've got to spend a little more time with my family. You do. I, I you have, do. You need some time to I relax. There's a little confession. All right. Have a good rest of the day you too. and a great weekend. Congratulations on your rework stuff that everybody cribbed and no, tried to take. No, 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 no. A lot of people. There have. was so much that a lot of people have death there was You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 